0: Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for Jesus all across this place. Come on. Yeah. <clears throat> we are so excited that you're here. And- Man, we're uh, back in our renewed series. Actually, wrapping it up today. So, uh, we've been talking about renewed and dealing with this passage from Romans twelve uh, for a month now. And uh, how many of you guys know that men and women are considerably different creatures, right? How many of you guys know, like, you know, so? Um, for example, you know, if you if you uh, and if you're single, pay attention for the next few minutes. All right, I got some really good content for you. This will change your life. All right. Uh, so young men, if you are, if you have a girlfriend or a fiance or a wife and you go to her and you're looking at her and something seems off and you're like, what's wrong? What are you thinking about? And she says nothing. That's a lie. All right. Uh, Cause in about 20 minutes, you're going to get hit with a, I just think it's funny that, all right. And it's going to unravel from there. Uh, and so a, a woman's brain is like a cooked Pot of spaghetti noodles, all right? Everything's intersecting and connected and all kinds of stuff, okay? So in that box is this mash of just things being connected and dots are getting connected. That's why you guys are great investigators. Give me a name and a trajectory. I'll find them on Facebook or Instagram or Google, right? And you're like, uh, so you guys, that, that's, you know, so ladies, that's just the way brain works. So young men, right, make note, all right? So uh, men, on the other hand, if you look at us and you're like, what's going on? What are you thinking about? And we say nothing. We literally mean, men say it with me, nothing. We're thinking about nothing. And if you're sitting there going, could they really be staring off into space thinking about nothing? Absolutely. It couldn't, we couldn't be having a better time in that moment, right? Than thinking about nothing. Like it. it is... That, like that, we have nothing in that box, and we love that box, right? Okay, so, um, so there, 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 it's, it's just the the way that it is, right? And so the thing is, is after you, like, if the relationship progresses, one of the things we know is that as the relationship progresses, the things that you used to love to do, you don't necessarily love doing because things change, right? So, just for example, ladies, right? Uh, if you're out there and you you're going like oh man he loves to be with me and he loves to do all these things and, and 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 just be around me all the time and and he loves to go shopping with me and he loves to do this he does now but like there's a season coming where he doesn't right so so like Ladies, let me just help you out. Uh, there's a season coming. Fellas, let me help you out for a second. I know she likes to hang out with you while you play basketball with your boys while y'all are, like, dating but not married. And so she'll come watch you play pickup games and come to your flag football games and your softball games. But once y'all get married, let me just tell you something. She's one best friend away from me. I'm going to Target. All right? I'm not, I'm not going to hanging out with you anymore. Rightfully so. Things change, right? Uh, and so all that to say, how many guys know when you get into a situation— oftentimes it ends up being different than where you end up later on. Come on, help me out, right? So the best case we see this is with relationships like we were just talking about. But I think one of the ways we see this happen a lot is actually with our relationship with the Lord. I think as we connect with God, oftentimes what we thought we were getting into isn't necessarily where we find ourselves. Right? Have, has anyone ever thought uh, maybe you were coming out of the, the, like, n- just meeting God or, or just connecting with God for the first time? Or maybe you lived your life maybe away from the Lord for a little while and you meet Jesus. You have this powerful moment and you're like, man, things are just going to be great from now on. And then they're not. Anybody ever realize that it's not as smooth of a road as you had hoped? Is it better than before? Yes. Does it mean you're not going to have problems? Not at all. Right? Sometimes I think we forget, and that's what I think I want to tell you about today, is most people forget that the journey of following Jesus is a costly one, not a comfortable one. Most people forget that the journey of following Jesus is a costly one, More than it's a comfortable one. So we have this desire. Oh, I'm coming to the Lord. It's going to be great, smooth sailing. I'm not going to have any more problems. And then a year in or three months in or a week in, you're like, God, I thought you loved me. Right? I wasn't supposed to go through anything else. And I'm like, that's not the way this works. There is going to be a cost sometimes, right? There, there are going to be seasons of your life. Even as you follow the Lord, things get difficult, right? We're in a world of chaos, full of sin, full of people. And how many guys know things can get a little crazy? But many of you have seen the verse, Psalm 37:4. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. And how many guys have ever heard someone say this, saw and posted on Instagram, whatever? The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. And so you're clinging to that and you have all these desires. God, I want this job. I want this kind of spouse. I want this kind of paycheck. I want this degree. I want this future. And you're trying to lock all these things in. And you're looking to God and sometimes even disappointed because he's not coming through. I have these desires, God. And your word says you'll give me the desires of my heart. Where are you at, though? Come on, anybody? Don't look at me like, y'all know what I'm talking about. I've seen some of you post on social media. No, I said, (laughs) we can find ourselves in that kind of place. But can I give you the whole verse, please? Psalm 37, 4 actually says, delight yourself in the Lord. Come Come on. Delight yourself in the Lord. And then he will give you the desires of your heart. So let me put it to you like this. The subject of your delight determines your desires. The subject of your delight determines your desires. So, so if all you want is your desires, I believe, like all of us have been at some point in time, we're going to find ourselves very frustrated. But if the Lord is our delight... And because He's our delight, our desires get shifted from what we want to what He wants for us. Because our delight is in Him, then we can trust that He's always going to come through for us on what He intends to give us. Because our delight is in Him, so so ultimately, my my delight is in You, God. So whatever You give me, I'm going to find contentment and happiness with because I know it's what's good for me, even if it's not always what I wanted. And so our desires shift. When we delight ourselves in the Lord. We go to Romans 12:1 and 2, and that's our theme verse for this whole series. And he says, "Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, say then, this is what we looked at last week. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So can I just help you for a second as we're wrapping this up? You are, we are, when God becomes our delight, presenting our life. As a sacrifice, meaning we lay it all down and say, all right, God, it's not what I want. It's what you want. I'm, I'm, my desires, my hopes, my dreams, my paycheck, my house, my relationship, I'm giving it to you because it, you're a, it's a living sacrifice. I'm going to lay it all down and you tell me what I get to pick up because you're my delight. My desires aren't my delight anymore. You're my delight. And since you're my delight, you'll tell me what desires I should have. And so we, we a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God, then we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So, so let me put it to you this way. If God becomes our delight, our mind can be renewed. Then we can see what God's will is, right? And so, so let me just help you out today because I want to talk to you about who we are. And, I, and locking into an identity, because here's, here's the idea. Here's the idea. You need to define who you will be, no matter what the world brings you. You need to decide who you will be, no matter what the world brings you. Because here's what the enemy is so good at doing, is offering you something that looks good, but isn't God. And so he, he puts something in front of, look, look, you can have this job, and if you have this job, you can have this money. You can even do good things with this money. And so you can, you start, you can build the status, you can do these things, you can accomplish these things, and, and all of that sounds really, really good. And they say, but you have to work every Sunday, and you, you won't be able to go to any small groups, and you won't be able to be in community, and, and your faith won't be able to increase. And so uh, it looks good, but it obviously isn't God. Now, this isn't my way of trying to make anyone that has to work on some Sundays feel guilty or any of those things. We're talking about when we lose track of God because we're chasing things. And so we have to decide who are are we going to be? Who who am I going to be? And making a decision on who you will be lets the world know what you will and won't do. And there's a story in the Bible that this gets represented so well, and it's in Daniel chapter 3. And that's where we're going to go. There's a story of three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat. (laughs) Sorry. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No one knows how to say his name. Come on. We all, yeah. Anyway, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you don't know this story, just to catch you up, there's a king at the time, King Nebuchadnezzar. And he builds a statue. And he says, at this moment of every day, the sound is going to go off. When the sound goes off, everybody will bow down and worship this statue. And the three Hebrew boys say, we will not worship that statue. He says, if you don't, we're going to kill you. I'm going to throw you in a fiery furnace if you don't bow down to this statue. And that's where we pick up in verses 16 and 17, right? So it says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Because how many guys know sometimes you just need to be quiet and let God do work? We don't need to defend ourselves ourselves before you in this matter if we're thrown into the blazing furnace the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from our majesty's hand and the first thing that I I just want to give to you right now as we're talking about who we will be because who we will be determines what our desires are going to be and the first thing I want to help you out is defining who you will be defines what you won't do Determining who you will be, defining who you will be, defines what you won't do. So here's what many of us have tried to do, though. We've tried to do this in reverse. We've tried to say, because I won't do these things, it's going to make me something. So uh, I, I'm not going to go get drunk every night or I'm not going to get high all the time. I'm not going to be the person that does this. I'm, I'm not going to do these things. And what we, we've tried to create good enough categories based on what we don't do rather than defining on who we're going to be and letting that determine what we will do. So we've tried to ascribe for ourselves a level of goodness because I don't do those things. And if, if most of us were honest, we like to keep just enough people around us that do the bad things so we feel better about ourselves because we're not as bad as those people. Well, I don't do what they do. I, 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 don't, I don't have the problem that Trisha has. So I feel better about being me. Sorry if you're a Trisha in here. That was just a name I pick out I don't I don't have the problem I don't have the problem that that he has and so so, so, so I, because I don't do those things and I've decided ahead of time I'm not gonna do those things what we've done is we've built a false sense of righteousness for ourselves because we think because we don't do certain things we must be good on our own but what you don't do doesn't define you who you are is what defines you and if you'll let who you are determine what you will do you're not trying to figure out all the little things that you won't do because if we're honest we're really good good about creating religious checklists. And if we can just check the right boxes, we feel good about being us. We're no closer to God. We just feel good. And what we have to do is we have to realize defining who you will be, it by default defines what you won't do. Because this is who I am, because I intend to worship the God of all creation. I intend to show up On Sunday mornings, I will not take these. I will not pursue these things. I will not go after Because me and my house, we will worship the Lord. I will not entertain a relationship with someone that doesn't feel the same way about God that I do. What what are you doing? This is who I'm going to be. And since this is who I'm going to be, I'm not even going to entertain these types of things that I won't do. What are we doing? We're building values for our life that keep us going in the direction that God is leading us in. And that's what these three boys, they... They're getting threatened to thrown to the fire furnace. I know he's able to deliver us and he will. And that's what I love about verse 18 because then it comes in. He says, but even if he doesn't, he's able to deliver us. He will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, I'm still not worshiping your idol. I'm still not bowing down to a false God because this is who we are. Even if God doesn't do what I want him to do, I've already picked who I'm going to be. Even if God doesn't deliver me from the, I'm still picked who I'm, this is who I am. So it doesn't matter what you offer. It doesn't matter what you threaten me with. Because I've picked who I'm going to be, I don't have to figure out what I will and won't do. I've already got my priorities. I've already got things figured. I already know where this is who I am. Even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So you have to determine who you will be, and who you will be will determine what you will and will not do. But the next thing you have to understand is defining who you will be also identifies where your trust is. Defining who you will be defines and identifies where your trust is. Is there anyone else in the room that feels a little more confident about your life when your hand is on the steering wheel? I feel great when I'm in control. It usually leads to a disaster, but I feel great until I hit that pole of life. Y'all know what I'm talking about? At least I, you know, it's like, at least I hit it myself. But here's the deal. It identifies where your trust is. Because the reality is this. Many of us are always going to be tempted to find ourselves pursuing the things that we want, the way that we want them, how we want them to go. The problem is, it's in that pursuit we lose trust in the God of glory and the the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we have control, we feel better about it. We would rather have control on the highway to hell than surrender control in the pathway to heaven. And that's why our desires have to shift because more than I want control, I want God. And so we have to find ourselves in that surrender. And we go back to the story in Daniel uh, chapter 3, verse 19. We come back to it. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So then these men, wearing the robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he, he ordered the fire to be increased. Four times hotter than it was before. The fire got so hot, it killed the men that were going to throw them in the fire. And he throws them in the fire bound. And this is where we get challenged because I don't know about you, but trust gets hard when circumstances get hard. And that's why being close to God is better than getting things from God. That's why our greatest desire should be intimacy, not indulgences. Our greatest desire is that we would be close to God, not get things from God. You see, we we don't treat the Lord like the ice cream man, and when he comes around our block, we order what we want, thinking we can tally up some good works system so that we can wager our own self-righteousness against God so that he owes us something. No, 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 no. When we come to the Lord, we're coming in. Like we sang this morning, holy is the Lord. All hail King. What are we we saying? You're the Lord of all creation. You're the God of the Bible. You created all things. We worship you. What, What are we doing? We're saying you're the greatest thing I could ever have. More than what I want from you, I want you. More than what you offer me. I want you. Why? Because it, a relationship is more important than our possessions. And so it, it's about intimacy, not indulgence. That's why Psalm 93, uh, 1 through 6, and, and maybe you probably, uh, if you've like, been raised in a Christian household or you had grand, your grandma probably had this over the stove or something, right? So it says this in Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. How many of you guys know you can lie down or you can be made to lie down? come on, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures because if it were up to you, you'd be working hard to get where you're going. But sometimes God's going to show you that if you would rest, he'll work. He leads me Beside quiet waters, and he refreshes my soul. And, and, and I don't know about you. I grew up uh, in, uh, the K- in Kentucky, in the woods. Uh, Pastor Dan, my dad, um, he's an old country boy. You don't know it now, but he an you know, old country boy. So I grew up fishing on ponds. Anybody ever grow up fishing on a pond? You ever go fishing on a pond? Right? And so there's water in the middle, but between the land and the water, there's this green goo. Right? And like I didn't have no problem putting a worm on the hook and casting it in the water but when I reeled it in and it dragged this swamp with it over to what it's a, it's this algae that grows on the water you want to know why cuz still water is diseased water you see, and too many of us are looking for still waters in our life, not realizing, not realizing that still waters in your life create a disease in your life. You see, stillness as a goal and a priority means disease, which means if things are too easy for you, you start taking from a diseased life. The problem is what you need in your life is you need waters that are moving. You need turbulent waters. The problem with turbulent waters is it has turbulence. You see, what you need, you don't want a still life. You need a moving life. You need a turbulent life. You need things moving in your life. The thing, and what Psalm 23 is saying here is that Jesus as the shepherd, he would come, he's not gonna take the sheep to still waters. He's not gonna let your life just be peaceful all the time. Why? Because still waters are diseased. So what does he do? He takes them to moving waters, to rushing waters, to turbulent waters. And then when he would get there because moving waters are fresh waters, He would then take stones and build a jet from the land out into the rushing waters so that even though chaos is happening, there's stillness right on the other side. And what he's trying to tell us, in Psalm 23 is, though you may go to waters that are turbulent and moving, though your life may have chaos going in, Jesus has a way of creating a peninsula of peace in the middle of your chaos so that you can still drink from freshness even though things are going crazy around you. It's not that you need life to be easy, it's that you need, to be the, you need the peacemaker to create peace in the middle of your chaos. Too many of us are looking for pond water when Jesus wants to refresh your soul, but he can't do it if you have a life that is sitting still, because a still life is a disease life. You need rushing waters, you just need the person that can create a moment of peace in the midst of the water that you can refresh from. As if that wasn't enough, he keeps on going. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How many of you know that the rod and staff don't always feel good, but they comfort you? I don't necessarily like to get for God to get a hold of me and yank me backwards, but sometimes it's what I need. I'm comforted in that God won't let me get too far. And then he says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this, from Psalm 23, is we, we see it happening in real time in Daniel chapter 3 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's preparing a table Before these boys, in the very presence of the one who's threatening to kill them. But here's the deal. If you look back, he's guiding them along the right path. What for? Not for us, but for his name's sake. You see, God is going to be glorified even in the midst of the troubles. That's why when he's our delight, our desires align. And so they they come in, and and that's why you get to the next part, because defining who you will be establishes your priorities. Defining who you will be establishes your priorities. It lets you set things in motion, put things in the right spot. That's why in Matthew chapter 6, it says this. It says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat now i have a problem with this because that's the main thing i worry about <laughs> like i'm you know like if someone invites me to a party that's the first what do we what do we what y'all having <laughs> right casseroles i'm not coming i'm not coming <laughs> y'all gonna have that right that's why. I, 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 first question what are we eating the second question who are gonna be there right so that that's that's my, so when he said don't worry i'm worrying anyways that's a different i feel like i had to get that off my chest do not worry saying but in all seriousness i want you to pay attention to this cuz i think for many of us this is the life that we live do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear in other words stop consuming your mind with trying to figure out how to make today work for the pagans run after all these things And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But this is what he says. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Say all. All these things that you're trying to figure out and you're focusing on and you're worried about at work and you're not sure about this bill and this doctor's report and this situation and this relationship. All these things, they'll be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow, it is going to worry about itself. How many of you guys know that's true? Each day has enough trouble of its own. What do you need to focus on? If he'll be our delight, he'll take care of our desires. So, so I don't know about you, but possessions, I think we, we live in a world where there's a constant pursuit of possessions. Right? We can be honest about that. The job and the house and the car. But right now, I really want a new car. I got a 2008 Toyota I'm driving right now. The thing is, it's paid for. Y'all didn't hear me. (laughs) Some of y'all know. See, some of y'all don't have paid for cars. You don't understand the joy right now. It's it's paid for. Like, praise God, you know. Uh, And so as much as I want something, I'm like, this thing's paid for, man. But then I'll, I'll see, like, so we'll be driving, and I'll see one of the cars. Like, I have, like, three or four cars that are, like, on my purview. And every time I, like, get ready to go look at one, i like, I don't need to go look at that. Because if I go, I'm going to want one. You know what I'm talking about? If I sit in it, it's over with. Salesman got me. I don't, he don't even have to work hard. Just open the door, you know. And so I'm, I'm not, I, I can't go. And then the, Just the other day, me and Ashley were driving down the road, and I saw a GV80 go by. Because I want one. Don't look it up. You don't need to. Um, and I saw, I saw one go by. And, and married folks, you understand this. I yelled. Not like a girl. You know, you know. But, uh, but, but I was just, it went by and I was like, oh! And uh, she like freaked out because she thought we were about to crash or something. You know, I was like, oh! She's like, what, what, what? And I was like, that's a GVA. She's like, don't do that. What were you thinking about? Nothing. <laughs> I, know, I just saw the car go by. But uh, I... I <laughs> we all live a life of desiring things. That's just part of life. And listen, I mean, for the record, I'm not the person that thinks you should have nothing. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that. I'm saying your desires need to align with your delight. And when the Lord is your delight, He helps move your desires. So I'm not saying you don't need to have a car or a nice, I'm not saying any of those things. If God blesses you to be a blessing to others and live an abundant life, you should do both of those things. You should. What I'm, what I'm saying is, i put it to you like this in your notes. When possessions become our desire, God becomes the bystander. We're going after things and God's over here going, well, what, but what about... Me, you're like, no, 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 God, I don't need you right now. I might later, but right now I got what I was looking for. And that's just not how God works. So, so when possessions become our desire, God becomes the bystander. But can I tell you what the Bible teaches, what I've learned over my life, and honestly what I've observed in my parents' life over and over and over again? When God is our desire, all he has for us is the byproduct Everything, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things that he, he wants for you. You'll have, you, can, you can have all of the, if you'll, if you'll go to God, you can have the things, but listen, if you go after the things, you may never get God. So what do you have to do? You gotta, you gotta shift your desires, but that starts by shifting your delight. And so we don't want God to be the bystander of our lives. We want God to be the source of our life and whatever he brings into our life is just a byproduct of his goodness because we're close to him. Can I tell you something? There's no better place to be than that. The Lord's favor is abundant. And that's what you see in Daniel chapter 3, verse 28 of the story with the three Hebrew boys in the fire. And it says, then, say then, so that they get, they get pulled out of the fire, Right? It says, Then uh, Nebuchadnezzar said this. Let's, Let's go back to it. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. But what does he say in the very beginning? Praise God not the gods. King Nebuchadnezzar is forced because of their faithfulness to recognize Yahweh, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And God is faithful to show up in your life, but he needs to be your delight. We don't serve God out of duty. I have to, I gotta check the right boxes. No, 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 delight. Delight yourself in the Lord find great joy in the fact that God is this for you. That you're pursuing him because you love him. Find great joy in the fact that you don't have to worry about the things in today and tomorrow. I mean, be honest for a second. It's just self-reflection moment for you. How much time this week have you spent worrying about things you really can't control? Really? Really? trying to figure some things out, begging God, trying to get clarity, don't know what to do? How much time have you spent trying to play God in your own life? The reality is, what if you spent that time just getting close to the Lord and trusting in the fact that he's going to do for you what you need? Don't, don't, don't misunderstand. You, you have a part to play in this, but where's your delight at? That's why I I put it like this. They're going to put it on the screen. But I I said this. Imagine how relieved you could be if you knew you were resting in the favor of God in your life because it was committed to serving his purpose for your life. Imagine the peace that you could have. How, How relieved you could be if you could just rest. But listen, it starts with shifting your desires. And that starts with shifting your delight. And for some of you, I want to invite you, there there is a component missing from your life right now. There's a component missing. You love God. You're, You're in that place. But you're not doing anything with your life. God's given you something. He's given you a purpose. He's put something in you. And you're currently just not using it. You're trying to get through life. But I'm here to tell you, God wants you to thrive in this. There's, there's something in you. He wants you to use it at your job, in your neighborhood. But can I tell you something? He also wants you to use it at your church. And for some of you, you don't even know what it is yet. And that's why we have next steps for the record. We want to help you find what, man, what, is, what does God want me to do with my life? And I promise you, if you start moving that, that trajectory in that direction, God's going to unlock things for you. And so I want to invite you to do that. We don't have it today. It starts next week and you can get in anytime. But We, we want you to know we actually have a way of helping you find that. I want to invite you to say yes to it because you'd be shocked at how different your life gets when you start seeing God use your life to impact other people. There's some beauty in that. So as I was pulling this together and trying to figure out, man, what's, what's kind of an action step for you? This is where I felt like God put on my heart. Because we're dealing with desires. And so We should move your desires from personal to purposeful. Move your desires from personal, this is just what I want, this is what I want in my life, this is what I, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. What if you started focusing on making your desires purposeful? I'm going to use everything that you've given me, God, whether that's time, talents, abilities, passions, my finances, whatever, I wanna be purposeful with the life that I live. We could see amazing things happen in the kingdom of God. That's why I put it like this. And I think this is something we could all resonate with. I think we should all say this statement and kind of make it a proclamation for our lives. I will, say I will. I will live a life that fulfills the plan of God for the purpose of God to the glory of God. What if you committed to that? I will live a life, because we talked about at the very beginning what we talked about, I'm gonna choose who I will be and who I will be will define all these other. Well, I will live a life that fulfills the plan of God for the purpose of God to the glory of God. And if all of us collectively decided we were going to do that, you know what that means? That means we will, say we will. We will be a church that fulfills the plan of God for the purpose of God, to the glory of God. And what kind of a difference could we make in the world around us if that was what we were committed to? We could change some things. Let's do it together, amen? Let's let God be our delight. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that... God, our delight is in you, but God, we also thank you that you're gracious and you're merciful. That when our alignment gets off, when, when priorities shift, when, when we're not paying attention to where our delight has been placed, you're gracious that your rod and your staff they comfort us in bringing us back to where we should be. And so, what I pray right now for every person that can hear my voice, that you would encourage their desires by shifting their delight. God, let you be the source of our delight. And and as that happens, we can find peace, joy, we can find comfort, knowing that our life is surrendered to the one that ultimately can provide all things that we need. So God, rather than chasing after our desires, help us make you our delight. And we know that You'll add all things. We thank you for that. We love you today in Jesus' name. If you're here, you say, "Brad, I, I, I do want God to be my delight. I do feel you say, I, I'm, I, I want to, I want my life to change. But if I were to be honest with you, the first step is I don't know that my life belongs to God. I want God, but you know I, I haven't given Him my life. And the beauty of the gospel is this, friend, that. Though we've all had sin that separated us from God, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for that sin. And today, for some of you, you're feeling the Lord tug on your heart. You're feeling something shift on the inside. And today, today's the day to change, to to see forgiveness set in for your life and pursue God in freedom. And today, if that's you, if you're ready to be forgiven today, if you're ready to, Have a fresh start. Jesus is ready to meet you. So here's all it takes. All it takes is your faith to believe in Christ, to believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And so if you're putting your faith in Jesus, saying, I believe, I wanna be forgiven. I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. It just puts words to that faith. And the whole church is gonna pray with you so you don't pray by yourself. Let's pray church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that pray that. We celebrate with you. Awesome, 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 Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. For more information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially and we would love it if you would consider doing just that as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.